Hi, and welcome to Roof to Curb podcast created by Custom One Homes. We're going to talk about all kinds of things that inspire, educate, connect consumer to the housing industry. Custom One Homes has been around for f- over 40 years. Um, we own a Custom One Homes company, we a home building company. We own Custom One Renovation uh, for any of your remodeling needs or you know, replacement removal type products, um, such as windows, roof, siding. Uh, and we also have Custom One Landscaping. So servicing all your design, build, custom landscaping needs, uh, along with a charity, Custom One Charities, where we fundraise for youth initiatives throughout the Twin Cities. So we've got a couple of guests on today. We've got Peter Martin and James Vogley. Uh, Peter is the owner and president of Pella Northland. He's owned that company for over four years. He's got an extensive background working for Cambria, Sun Country, Piper Jaffrey, and a couple other companies. So Peter lives in Maple Grove. He's got two kids, Greta and, and son Wells, uh, and his wife, Janice. Uh, so we're lucky to have Peter on today. We also have James Vogley, CEO of Housing First Minnesota. He's the CEO that brings over two decades of success navigating the convergence of housing and public affairs. Uh, he's responsible for all the facets of the organization. Has done a wonderful job there. Uh, they own and create Pray to Homes Artisan Tour and the Remodeler Showcase. So we're lucky to have James on today. And we're going to start out just with some quick hitters for you guys. Um, James, you, you know, Housing First Minnesota, you've been around there for a little bit. Uh, what what is Housing First Minnesota? What what is that? You know, Housing First Minnesota is a trade group, and we're sort of bucketed into three areas. The first is trade organizations, companies like Custom One, like Pella. Um, we connect, we educate, we inform um, those groups, and that's just sort of a necessary function of of any industry. So that's bucket one. Bucket two is industry defense. And so at the legislature and the building code, some very technical elements of home building requires the industry to have a voice at that table. So we provide that voice. And then the third is home tour production. And, and we produce the largest home tour collection. What's, in the that, what's that home tour called again? It is called the Parade of Homes, oh, if so you've heard of it. Is that the yellow signs? It's the yellow <laughs> signs. They're ubiquitous twice a year. And, and the artisan home tour and the remodeler showcase. So we actually have six home tours and we operate in tour four months, give or take, out of the year now. Great. How about that artisan tour? How's that come? Uh, outstanding. It is uh, It is our 10th year with the artisan home tour and it has grown and it has become a community fixture in this short time. We're actually expanding from the June Artisan Home Tour, which is um, well-known in the community, to now a second tour in October. So the kind of the pumpkin spice uh, turning colors tour is going to be great. Peter, you, uh, you've been on the Artisan Tour a couple times. Haven't you gone through some houses? And I sure have. It's yeah. very inspiring, yes. Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> you, go, you go mostly on the west side, you go on the east side, or you go all over and take a look at those I houses? I make it all over. As you know, as, as a Cottage Grove guy, I like getting out east once in a while, <laughs> even though I, I live on the west side now. But, you know, Artisan uh, covers the whole Twin Cities, so uh, it's uh, fun to get around the different parts of the city and see the beautiful homes that uh, are very inspiring. Yeah, it's excellent. So Peter, is uh, he's the owner and president of Pella Northland. Uh, you guys serve, what, five-state region? Four state minus Four state, Iowa. Yeah, minus Iowa. So you got Dakotas, Wisconsin, Minnesota. You got it. Um, you guys have a retail side where you go direct to consumer. Yep. You don't go through distribution. Correct. Uh, maybe starting to a little bit, but uh, you could buy Pella Direct. You can call them up. Uh, they'll come out and replace your windows, or you can work with many contractors that are proud users of Pella. So um, 
it's kind of interesting. We talked earlier over the weekend, I'd say, um, talked about all these window companies, right? And and one of the jokes was is uh, if Broadway in Nashville was the heart of music, would Minnesota and Iowa be the heart of windows? I think absolutely. You know, I I tell my counterparts across the country, um, you get into cities like Atlanta or you mentioned Nashville, windows don't really have a brand there. Um, we're so fortunate that um, we have Anderson Windows here. We have um, Marvin. Um, we have Pella all within a three to four mile, you know, or excuse me, four hour radius of the uh, Twin Cities. And it makes it really, really unique. And so, you know, consumers um, associate quality and um, and um, good products with with those three brands. And, and um, you don't necessarily have that when you're talking to a home builder, when you're talking to consumers in other markets, um, those brands aren't necessarily top of mind. But when a consumer is looking at products and they hear that a builder's right building with Pella or building with Anderson, Marvin, that automatically means quality. Um, it means high end. Um, and that's really unique to this region. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, I say I even say that from the consumer in the Twin Cities market, James, you can speak to this is, you know, the consumer, when I say they're spoiled, I, what I mean by that is there's a lot of extremely good quality companies that if you want to go build a house, whether you're in, you know, Wyzetta, Woodbury, Blaine, you know, down in, in Lakefield, you have, you have a lot of options, a lot of good options. Um, you know, we, we have your national volume builder companies, but we have a ton of, a ton of great custom building companies, ton of great remodelers. Um, and it's interesting from a standpoint of, if I want to go to market, you know, would I go to housing first to find a builder? Would that, would that be a good, absolutely. Good you know, in our home tours, that's one of the advantages, you know, I know custom one is a, a great, uh, participant. Um, and certainly our participants, our sponsors and advertisers, yeah, they connect with consumers directly. I think that's one of the big elements of the home tour. It's funny. You mention um, Minnesota, we're unique. And mm -hmm. I think there's a couple items. One is, is just a sense of community. And we do a lot of historical um, measure on sort of where things like the Parade of Homes originated. And Minnesotans have always been interested in housing. It doesn't surprise me that we have a, a higher sort of window brand awareness here. I just think we've always, as, as a community, been interested in, in items like housing. The other piece is a technical. It gets really warm here in the summer and really cold in the winter. And yeah. we have to build homes well. Um, and, and we do. So we're across the board, and that includes all segments. That's your, your large volume production builders, your mid volume, your local custom builders. We, on average, are the most energy efficient in the country. So that's something to be proud of, too. Yeah, Green Path is a big part of that, right? Huge. And that's another consumer you know, opportunity to connect. Pella's been a big supporter, as is Custom One. And I know we all take great pride in being able to build for all four seasons, mm -hmm. but especially the two extreme seasons. And so the HERS index, you know, you're playing golf, you want to be below 100 and certainly um, below hundred, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> below 100. Um, <laughs> and, and we are, so the closer to zero, the better on the HERS index and our, of all the major states that use the HERS index, we're number one. And, and that means you're it's pretty getting, impressive. Oh, it's very impressive and it's no small feat. So whoever you choose as your builder, your, your, your window partner, you get the best home sort of on average in the what, country. What that, so if I'm the consumer and, you know, builder comes to me and says, Hey, I've got this great her score. I'm part of green path. And, um, and they tell me that I build pretty good homes. What, what does that equate to, to consumer as far as out of their pocketbook or, 
you know, how, how does that impact them overall? Why is that important? Yeah. I mean, it's a cost of operation. It's a miles per gallon reading. And certainly, Peter, you can talk you value mm-hmm. and, and sort of what that means. There's obviously some very technical elements, but, but the bottom line is the home as built is going to be more efficient to operate from a cost standpoint and from a livability. It's going to be a more comfortable, less drafty and less expensive home. Now, if you, you know, do something unique and, you know, leave a PlayStation plugged in in every room around the clock, well, you're going to pay for that. But, but sort of as built, you know, you've got the best shot at an efficient home in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so if I'm looking at someone, someone's trying to sell me on a HERS score, what's a good HERS score? Yeah. A good HERS score is, is anything, you know, 55 and below. And, and we have builders that regularly hit in the forties. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, orientation of the home. And, you know, you know, this as a builder, there are some custom, you know, nuances that can impact that. But the fact that we, you know, are in that, you know, 40, 50 range is really, really impressive. Yeah. I think one of the, the biggest impact is, is windows, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, the size of a window in a home isn't getting smaller. Nope. Getting bigger and bigger. Right. Yep. And you know, we get these tall doors and yep. doors that are 10 feet and pivot and, yep. you know, slide and glide and bifolds and all these things. But, um, Peter, what, what have you guys done from, from Pella's standpoint when a builder comes to you, talks about efficiency, a client comes to you, talks about efficiency, and we got these R values and U values and it all, it's, it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo at times, right? It's just a bunch of numbers. So as it relates back to hers, what have you guys done as the glass size has become bigger? What happens with the window to help manage that HERS score and to make it really efficient? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, right, the big trend out there um, is that indoor-outdoor living, which makes all those other factors even more complicated. As you mentioned, you have, you know, sliding doors, you've got these huge panes of glass now. Um, And so, you know, a lot of it comes down to number of panes that that you can put into uh, windows to create, you know, more efficiency. James alluded to the UV factors is a big one. Um, All of those things contribute. But at the end of the day, right, it's about the consumer and what are they willing to give up maybe for aesthetic, for look, for that indoor-outdoor feel, but maybe you're giving something up on the HERS side of it. And so, you know, that's always a challenge in the industry. I mean, I always say at the end of the day, we're, I think I've heard you say this, James, that we're still making, we're, we're, we're building houses um, the same way we've been building houses for, you know, almost a hundred years. Right. And so there are, there are products um, that come into the mix that help with efficiency. But um, at the end of the day, it really comes down to the quality of the, of the builder. And we're really fortunate in this market. We have, you know, this, this is a little bit off subject, but, you know, when you were talking just about the strength of the association and, you know, Minnesota forever has been just really strong from a civic standpoint. And um, I think that's really reflected in the strength of housing first and all the builders that are a part of that. And, you know, they 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 care. Right, Todd, just like you, yeah, they absolutely. they absolutely care about efficiency. They care about their consumer. They want to do what's right by the um, industry and by the environment. And so. Um, you know, all those things factor into to building efficient homes that um, ultimately benefit the environment, but are also good for the consumer. Yeah. Talking about that down the lines of association, I think between the three of us, we've got, uh, I think we're, we're combined of 65 to 75 years in this industry. Yeah. You know, James, you, you yeah. grew up in it. I grew up in it. Um, Peter, you definitely have bounced in and out, mm-hmm. you know, but you started in some other areas, yeah. you know, down the financial world. And, yeah. um, you work for this company called Cambria. Yeah. They've been around for a little bit in Minnesota. Countertops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of beautiful countertops yeah. just south of the Twin Cities, been doing great work there. And, um, you definitely had your hands on the footprint there. So, uh, 
yeah, we've, we've all served on the board there at executive committees. It's, it's been great, but a ton of knowledge that comes out of that and the relationships with it. And James, you've been a, a big key part of that. But um, let's get back to these windows. So we talked about size of them. We talked about her scores and our value, you value. What, what's this black windows? Do I need black windows in my house right now, Peter? Apparently you do, because yeah. that's about all we sell. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. What, um, what percentage of windows is, oh. is black? Because like a lot of people think, oh, it's a design trend. It's a fad. Yeah. You know, no. it's timeless and classic. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's over 60, 60, 65% for sure. Yeah. You know, back, I mean, think about it 10 years ago, everything was white windows. Right. And yeah. even, um, you know, your wood windows were, were painted white on the outside and the inside. And over the last 10 years, you know, we've seen that pendulum, um, swing towards, towards black. And, you know, I say we're fortunate people care about windows in this, in this market. And I'm very fortunate to work for a brand and, and, uh, represent Pella in the sense that, you know, our windows are a part of the consumer's decision-making process. I always say windows are like the eyelashes on the home. And so they care about the color of their siding, but they care about the aesthetic of the window. Right. And the, the brand matters, but color, um, grid patterns, all those things, you know, really, really move in that direction. You asked me before, where is it going? I don't know. Yeah. I think black will eventually fade out and we'll sure. see something else, you know, whether we're into the dark browns or, or what have you, yeah. you know, I'm no color expert. Well, but, yeah. I, I haven't um, seen a, a dark forest green window I was just or a red one say, for a there's while. There's a lot of them up north <laughs> in cabins, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. 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 I haven't seen those, but, um, yeah, you know, we joke about windows can be sexy, right? Yeah. You got patterns and sashes and yeah. size and color and yeah. it, uh, Circles it can be pretty nice. Curves. Yeah. And like I said, yeah. they really are, you know, an important attribute to the overall aesthetic of the uh, home and the architect cares about them. The builder cares about them. And so does the, the uh, consumer and it's all part of that curb appeal. And so we're fortunate to be a part of that consideration set. Without and a doubt, especially, really matters. you know, the more uh, picturesque mm-hmm. your, your land or your vista is, right? Your yep. view, uh, those decisions become extremely important as mm-hmm. far as bringing that outside into your home. Yep. Um, why versus Woodbury? Where's more black windows? Where do you think? Oh, Where are they selling in the Twin Cities? That's a good, those, those two cities are pretty close to one another. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'd have to say, I don't know. I'd, I'd say they're even, I mean, you guys, <laughs> you, you would see them everywhere. Yeah. It's uh <clears throat> it's pretty good stuff. Um, James, let's talk markets a little bit. You know, why isn't the market crash? We've, we've had this run of COVID where prices went up and, you know, everyone's like, oh, the mortgage rates are going up. Market's going to crash. Don't buy, don't buy. But uh, a lot of people say, you know, marry the house, not the rate. Right. So what, what are you seeing in the, the industry and maybe just the Twin Cities market? Where's where's a good spot? Where's a bad spot? And, and bottom line, why haven't housing prices plummeted? Yeah, so to that first, the fundamental reason that we haven't seen a price crash or a major correction is undersupply of housing. So on the conservative side, we are 60,000 housing units short on the, on the more units units short and, and, and up to closer to 100,000. So there's just a couple different ways it's measured. There's some sort of sophisticated forecasting. And so we can just say we're somewhere between 60 and 90,000 units short, and that's everything. That's apartments, condos, townhomes, villas, single family. And that, what that really means is, so if we built at pace, which is about 30 to 35,000 homes a year, which is what our market needs sort of to be healthy, we need then an additional 60 to 90,000 on top of that. And we're just not putting a dent in that. And we haven't for over 15 years. So that's really, Todd, why, you know, the rates are, are problematic for first-time home buyers, especially if you're not bringing cash or equity to a transaction. Um, those first-time home buyers are really feeling the pinch. 
but but throughout sort of the whole ecosystem. What's, James, what's the what's the average house on the market right now price point? Yeah, so I'll give you a, I'll blow your mind. Mm -hmm. The the median newly built single family home in Minnesota is five hundred forty thousand dollars. So um, if I want a, an average average home in the Twin Cities, brand new construction, single family, single family, five hundred forty thousand, yeah. five thirty eight. Yeah. yeah. Where and, where was that three years ago? Do you remember? Oh gosh, probably one hundred fifty thousand less. Yeah. It's 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 that stark, and that is absolutely a symptom of undersupply. And so you know we we need to build more homes. So it's funny people experience the housing market generally on, on a very personal basis, where I live, where I drive, what I can see. And there was a great article um, in the Atlantic that that said why you know it explained why housing breaks people's minds. It's a very hard industry to understand. You can essentially understand if we don't produce enough bread or eggs for 15 years and we are undersupplied in those sort of key staple areas. What do you think is going to happen to the price? Without a doubt, it's going up. So yeah. so housing is really no different. So that's what's sort of keeping it up. I I, I don't like being at above seven percent. On a thirty-year mortgage right now, that's an uncomfortable place. Um, but I do think the the undersupply is is keeping us keeping us floating. Yeah, there's there's health to that as well, right? Uh, a lot of people own homes, so the last thing you want to do is see some market crash where you know your your value plummets hundred grand, two hundred grand, maybe recession. Oh wait, time Correct. frame, right? Oh wait, yep. through you know twelve or whatever the years were. Um, you know, nobody wants to be in that spot. I know I don't. I don't think Peter, you do. You know, no. Um, no. So it's, it's, it's good on both sides, right? It is. And I think we're at the, we're at a level right now, 2016, 2017 is the most familiar comparative. Those weren't bad years. Those no, were, those were what I would call steady years. Now we're not, we're not chipping away at that undersupply, that deficit, Todd. But, but I, but I think from a, a production standpoint, that's, you know, probably the best comparative. Yeah. Without a doubt. No, it's, it's good. Um, you know, we, inventories are, are low. I've seen some markets where I uh, recently looked at some product in Linden Hills, their inventory was like three months. Then you go to a dine in the inventory levels are 12 months. You know, I'm not, I think Woodbury's down a little bit right now, but you know, different pockets in the market. So is there any market where like, you know, I'll tie this back to Nashville, where if you bought in Nashville 10 years ago, you probably bought the right time. You buy in Nashville today, uh, a little more saturated. So where, where's the hot new market, James, coming up? What's your prediction on that? Where, you know, where would you where would you buy in the Twin Cities as far as a, a booming market? Where would I buy in the Twin Cities um, from a booming market? Well, Lakeville is obviously mm -hmm. the kind of the easy pick. And I had somebody um, on our team that's new to our team that was surprised at how far you south you could drive and still be in Lakeville. Lakeville's a big municipality. It is a big city. And, and I just think Lakeville will continue to attract um, investment. I think it's got strong schools. It's got access to transportation corridors. Yeah. Lots to like down there. Um, I think, um, you know, Tata from, from sort of the east side, I think you still see Woodbury and Cottage Grove, mm -hmm. um, you know, producing and, and, and producing well. Um, I don't know, Peter, from your perspective, I mean, you've definitely got a lens on sort of where you're yeah, delivering I mean, windows. I mean, you guys have hit it even, you know, now into Hudson, right? Somerset mm -hmm. um, on, yeah. on, on the east big. side. And then as you go up that 94 corridor, right? I mean, it's pretty much construction all the way between Maple Grove up to St. Cloud now too. So, yeah. um, you know, we just keep expanding. I think, you know, the one thing I would just comment on this affordability issue is a, just, it's a passion of mine, yeah. but because it's real for people, right? I mean, the reality is most people generate their, their wealth 
from the appreciation of their home. And as we continue, as the prices increase, that that barrier of entry gets harder and harder for for uh, people. And so um, it's a real challenge, right? We need we need that consumer to move into their first home. James and I talk about this a lot, right? From a townhome into their first single family home, maybe into their first then custom or semi-custom home, and then in their 50s, maybe into their last home. Um, and that's what that's what keeps our industry moving. And that's how people want to live and want to yeah. move up today. And that's getting harder and harder um, to I think, do. I think to your point, Peter, it's interesting to watch uh, household transformations, yeah. right? So you go from single to married to kids Correct. to kids are aged yep. and, and getting out of the house, maybe they come back. Right. And then you get into this empty nester, you get into some people want to have the whole family back, grandkids, then you're like, all right, we're going to retire. Now yep. we're going to change households. So you see multiple household transformations, mul multiple products that are needed yep. in that space to your point. But uh, there's definitely some studies out there that show, you know, wealth components and wealth growth based on owning households or right. not owning, yep. you know, renting versus owning. Oh, and it's 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 staggering. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have them in front of me, but but the the net worth of a sixty something that is rented versus owned, um, hundreds of thousands right. of dollars in net worth. I mean, basically a game changing. You know, it's interesting. Just thinking, we all have Gen Z children, I mm -hmm. believe, and the 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 earliest data on Gen Z is that ninety six percent of them want to own a home. Mm -hmm. That's great news. Yeah. I mean, you talk about our, and that's a huge generation. I mean, demographically, they're going to have a major impact on the economy, and they want what we all wanted, which is to be dealt into you know homeownership opportunity and to own their own home. So I, I consider that very encouraging. Our problem is we don't have the supply structure, and we don't have the flexibility to build the types of homes that they're. Mm -hmm going to need to start out in which are smaller, more flexible, um, you know, housing types. Yeah. And, yet, and it isn't because the builders don't want to build them either. I mean, no. right. That's the thing. No, and, and I always worry that our industry or especially the builders is perceived as this, there's, they're, there's, they're this greedy individual that just wants to build the McMansion, right? They want to tear down the small home and you dine and build a, um, you know, build a $5 million mansion. And, and that isn't it. There are so many different issues. This is such a complex oh. issue to not get political. And it's really not a Republican or a Democrat no. issue. It, it just becomes all of the different barriers and requirements just to get that 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 foundation poured right, and all of those things that cost so much. There's a lot of barriers to entry in this marketplace, and that this affordability issue is a complex one, and it runs very deep. Um, and and Minnesota's one of the most expensive in the country, yeah. and it's something that has to get fixed. It's something Housing First is very passionate about, yeah. and 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 I agree. It's not a political issue in the sense that you know so many things are political. This one isn't political. These Gen Z, it's every political persuasion. Same thing with millennials, Gen Xers. I mean, we we generally don't kind of cut along, you know, political lines. What's interesting is sort of the the changing appetite, and this is something for for Utah as a builder. And you yeah. you are talking to to people about the products they want. What's interesting, people are married later, yeah. they're married less, and households are smaller. We should offer some more flexible space. And I think that's sort of the fun, you know, futurists in the housing industry are saying, should we be in 10 years, mm -hmm. majority single car, tuck under garage on a small lot? Because if you're a household of one, do you need a three car garage? And some cities require them. Yeah. Um, and so part of that modernization discussion we're having with those cities is, hey, give a little flexibility. Yeah. You might be surprised about it may not be custom one, but it may be you may introduce a product line to meet that demand. Yeah, without a doubt, we, you know, we get we get many different requests uh, 
we're, we're not out dictating that, you know, you got to have so much stone and so many garages and such a size of a house, you know, mm-hmm. square footage wise, you know, we're, we're a custom builder. So if, you know, people come to us with their story, that's what we're going to build to yeah, right. and, and whatever that might be. But when, you know, there's certain things that are dictating that, uh, that definitely changes it and not necessarily does it add value or doesn't add value, but it is dictated mm-hmm. and that, that causes some problems. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, we're, we're a custom builder. We like to, to do it. We like to use Pella windows. We like to work with housing first and help support that as much as we can. Um, I'll tell you a little story. We've got a charity, custom one charity. Uh, we're doing a GoFundMe campaign for a, a family last name Stark and in Woodbury. Um, uh, they have a child named Mitchell who uh, was diagnosed with uh, a cerebral palsy um, spectrum, I guess we'd call it. And it's called Gould uh, syndrome. So it's G O U L D. Um, this little boy, Mitchell, four years old, uh, family, great family. Uh, mom is a teacher, you know, dad works in the, in the commercial construction space. And, um, we met him one day, one day and said, Hey, they need an elevator to be able to transport Mitchell from level to level because in home nursing care, uh, can only lift them when they are less than 40 pounds. So as you know, child advances in age, child gets a little heavier. And they go through some some hardship and heartburn of like, what does that look like? And wheelchair and flooring and carpet and doorways. And you can imagine, you know, bathing and, and all those things. So we met this family and uh, we started a GoFundMe page for them. Uh, you can go to a GoFundMe.com, Stark and Family, call it Renovation for a Reason. We're building them a three-story elevator. Uh, they've probably got two hundred to $250,000 of just housing expenses coming at them let alone medical expenses on top of that. And we all know medical expenses can, can drive pretty hard. So, uh, so far we we've offered a $15,000 match from our charity. We've raised $18,000, uh, today for them. And, and we're trying to promote that and help support that family as much as we can. So hopefully we can share that a little bit and, uh, people can find it, uh, in a way to, you know, donate a little money or even bring awareness to Gold Syndrome and, and Mitchell. So uh, we're going to break ground on that pretty shortly. It's a, it's a fun little deal. So, um, Peter, any any inspirations? So if I'm, I just want to throw that little plug in there for the charity, of course, but any inspirations for clients, you know, consumers as they're going down and looking at windows, advice, why, why wood, why fiberglass? What's the difference? Yeah, um, I think before I answer that, I would just say, Todd, you know, I know a lot of builders in town and I, I don't know one that does more for the community than you um, and your team at Custom One. You guys have your own charity, Custom One Charities. Um, as you mentioned, you're into landscaping and renovation and, you know, building restoration, everything construction. Um, but you guys have a golf tournament fundraiser. You do um, a, a, a charity gala. Um, you do a fundraiser out in Las Vegas um, for the industry. And um, what you guys do to give back is literally second to none. I don't know another builder. Yeah. And so um, I know it. that that comes from your heart because that's the kind of guy you are and your and your team rallies behind you. But um, truly unique and should be commended. So, um, you you know, getting back to the, to the trends. Yeah. I mean, I think what's unique about Pella to give us a little bit of a plug is we really run the spectrum, um, windows at the low end start with vinyl. And so there are hundreds, if not thousands of vinyl manufacturers across the country. Um, very few are branded. Um, we here in Minnesota even, you know, have some that are manufactured locally in Hayfield or Thermatech others. Um, Pella also offers its own line of vinyl windows. Vinyl is typically a uh, entry level, um, you know, product. So you'll see it, um, in apartments, a lot of apartments, you'll see it in, 
um, townhomes and you'll even see it um, at what I would say is, you know, the more entry level um, single family um, new um, end of it. Um, a couple of things. Um, vinyl um, from a cost standpoint, obviously, is the most um, efficient from a cost um, perspective. But there are innovations that happen there. You can get, you know, multiple pane glasses or excuse me, glass. Um, and there are different um, what I would say specs or standards when it comes to vinyl. Um, next in the threshold would be uh, fiberglass. And so fiberglass is um, a relative what I would say newer innovation, um, but it's really one that's built around strength. So you have um, a lot of pot possibilities, um, both with uh, color and design. But when it comes to a fiberglass, I would say you could throw it in the bottom of a lake, pull it out in 10 years, power wash it, and it would be just fine. Well, right? We got a lot of lakes. It so that's will. Good. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it will last forever, um, especially perhaps, um, you know, where you'd have a lot of in inclement weather, if it's rain or other things hitting the side of your house, fiberglass is almost an indestructible um, material. And so we're seeing more and more of that starting to be used in multifamily. Um, just because of the wear and tear that happens in some of those um, units, if it's if it's if it's rental, um, as an example, and if it's something that an owner occupier is um, going to have for a long time, fiberglass is a good option. And, and um, Peter, you you have a, a name for that product line, the fiberglass line. We do, yeah, and we ours is called Impervia. Um, and you know, again, can you can you can um, have that made in any any color that's out there. So um, we do see a lot of black, like we talked about, but grays and whites. Um, Are you limited by sizes you. with fiberglass? Is there anything? Not really. Not no, really. No. Okay. Yeah. There's there's really no um, no li limitations there. And then you know slide. Lighting doors are also now, you know, coming in fiberglass. So fiberglass is certainly on the scene um, and becoming more and more popular. Um, but, you know, wood really remains the mainstay here in this market. Um, it always has been. It goes back to, I think, our days of lumber and logging. Um, you know, Anderson uh, Windows is right on the river there in Bayport because they used to actually haul logs down the St. Croix River and use them to manufacture windows. Right. And it's the same thing um, for Pella and even, you know, uh, Marvin up in, up in War Road. And so we just have such a long history of using wood in this market. Um, there is just that comfort and warmth that comes with uh, wood. And I would say anything to the mid to uh, high end, you know, home is typically still using um, a wood window. Uh, do I today. lose? Do I lose any efficiency, R value, U value, if I go to fiberglass versus a wood core window? Not really. In fact, I would say fiberglass is even even um, from a durability standpoint, it's going to be better and have Doesn't longer move and expand and exactly. contract as much, right? Yeah. Yeah. You lose a little bit of that warmth, right? But um, um, but it's a you know good standard product for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Peter, you took over Pella when? It's almost four years now. Four, yeah, four been, quick years. Yeah, it so, has been. It's gone really quick. Yeah, yeah. I say I, I um, purchased the uh, the uh, branch, we call it, but it's a distributorship. And uh, about four months later, COVID hit. And it was, oh, no, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And two months later, uh, right, The it, it, we just, it was, yeah, it was straight up from there. So it's been a wild ride for me. And, you know, you talked about, right, what's happening in the industry now. And um, certainly COVID um, just for our, for our industry home improvement in, in general, just right. Sent things through the roof, but it's nice to be back operating what I would say is a more normal um, in environment. You know, we're, we're maybe back to 2019, you know, kind of levels, which is what I think the industry needed. Um, you guys all know, and it was throughout almost every industry across the nation, but supply chain was just really challenging over the last three years. And four, um, four months in, Peter, you didn't even have time to do a strategic plan for your, after one year. And uh, <laughs> I guarantee on your contingency plan, uh, COVID was not on there. It was not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so James, a uh, little, little more about you. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the ties to both you guys is is this uh, 
this college, this university just across the street on 280. Yeah. Um, both U of M, U of M guys, both yes. passionate about some things that go on there, yep. um, which is always fun, good banter. And, um, you know, sometimes we roll the boat and sometimes we get to go to Tampa for a frozen four. And, <laughs> yeah. But it's been, uh, it's been a good little run over to you. So um, spent some time in the Navy. I did. All right. So yeah. saw the world a little bit. I did. You know, I, so I had the pleasure of serving, um, on the captain staff of an aircraft carrier, Theodore Roosevelt. And it really, you know, you talk about inspiration and, and structure and what I always tell people, and it's a very short story, uh, when the captain would bring in visitors and we would, you know, assist, um, I could memorize his stump speech cause he gave the same one. The average age on an aircraft carrier then was like 19.6. So he would, he would stand on the flight deck and say, how do you get 5,000 teenagers to successfully operate a nuclear powered aircraft carrier with 80 aircraft and be the nation's number one, you know, 911, you know, if there's a problem, you drive a carrier there. And he said, how do you get teenagers to do that? And he would go through and talk about how clarity and communications ritual and that's probably something I brought. And we certainly, as a board, you've both been on it. You know, there is something special about having a reliable, you know, Big system in, in, in any company, any, any institution to manage mm-hmm. that way. So, yeah. And I was, yeah, 94 to 98. So largely a peaceful era mm-hmm. in the world, thankfully. So I did. I, I saw a lot of world because we were in port, you know, every couple of weeks. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you definitely brought that to leadership skills at Housing First Minnesota. So I commend you for that and thank you for your time there. Thank you. Um, you know, closing this thing out, gentlemen. Um, any any tips and advice for for the consumer uh as far as it relates? How do I interact with Housing First the best? Why why would I why do I use it? Why would I go there? Yeah, I mean, again, I'll I'll go back to our home tours. It's the best way to connect with um, you know, the builders, the remodelers. And, and, and the suppliers um, in this market, you know, we have the largest consumer presence, you know, in trade groups. Trade groups, of course, are largely a B2B uh, function and a B to the external world. But, but our consumer brand is a great way to, to connect, become inspired, uh, learn a bit how homes function and work, learn about what you like and, and, and find your next, your next home. Yeah, so we got Remodeler Showcase, we got Artisan Tour, we got Pray to Homes. Yep. A lot, a lot of fun activities to be able to actually f- walk in physically. Yes. And, and see, touch, hear, uh, in, yep. in all the numerous products, including Pillow Windows, while they're out there. So, Peter, any uh, tips and advice for the consumer as far as how they, they interact with uh, a window and making a decision? And, you know, where do I, where do I start that process with Pella? Yeah, I mean, you know, they can work with us directly, but you know, I was, I mean, we're really here to support our trade partners, right? And so, um, whether whether you're you're working with a, a home that's pre-existing or if you're building it, you know, really relying on that architect, that um, designer, and your builder, and they will steer you in the right direction. Um, and you know, we're certainly here to help. We're here to support the industry. Um, as James mentioned, there's a lot of different resources for consumers beyond just the parades. Um, around, um, you know, what to look out for um, if you're looking for a referral to a builder or what have you. And, you know, we're here with Pella supporting the community and and um, and happy to help in any way that uh, we can. And, um, you know, again, I, I would just say that the strength of our industry and the strength of our builder community is second to none here. We're really fortunate um, in that regard. So um, that's it. Excellent. Well, thank you both for coming on Roof to Curb, podcast presented by Custom and Homes. And uh, we'll definitely see you guys shortly. Thanks. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thank you.